All right. As you have notes, I, I call them big people notes because there's nothing on there. You're just... <laughs> You're going to have to write it all down yourself today. <laughs> but uh, today we're going to actually, um, I felt like God uh, leading me to do one more in this uh, Dream Again series, and I, it's called Dream Beyond You. And uh, one of the scriptures that we've been um, highlighting is in Acts 2.17, and it says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. That's you, that's me, that's your sons and your daughters. But before we continue on, let's just pray for today. Lord God, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that your, your presence is here. And we just ask right now, Lord God, that you would speak to each one of us, each one of our hearts, Lord God, that we would walk away uh, change that we walk away with a different perspective, your perspective today, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I have another scripture for you here. It's Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. I think this has also been referenced several times in the last few weeks. And it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And uh, Paul is actually referencing the prophet Joel. And it's in Joel 2 that where Joel, it's uh, actually Joel 2.28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So how many of you are like daydreamers? Like you think about things throughout the day. <laughs> All right. My son is one. He likes to sit on his swing at home and just toss a ball up in the air and think about things. And, and uh, something I actually used to do when I was younger too, daydream all the time. And the thing that I daydreamed about all the time was being um, a major league baseball player. How many listened to the Mariners yesterday? heartbreaking, but also encouraging that they made it that far. I'm so excited for next year. But I, I dreamed of being, you know, uh, a Seattle Mariner and, you know, being in the playoffs, being up to bat, you know, with two outs, full count, down by three, <laughs> bases loaded. <laughs> I'd walk through this whole thing in my mind, you know, pitch comes in, you know, Every kid's little dream hits the home run, you win the game, you jump up and down, everybody's jumping around you, and, and so I had that dream for, you know, ever since I could remember, like, I started t-ball, I think, when I was five years old, and if you would have asked me at five years old, what do you want to be when you grow up, I was like, I'm going to be a baseball player, and it's just all I thought about, and <laughs> me and my son, we actually had a conversation here the other day as I was asking him, you know, about his, his time of where he's just sitting there thinking about things, daydreaming, and, and then he was like, did you used to think about things, Dad? Did you used to daydream? And I, I was like, yeah. He's like, what did you used to think about? And I was like, baseball. He's like, like, okay, like when you were my age? I was like, yeah, baseball. He's like, 
Well, what about when you were older, like when you were a teenager, like 15 years old? It's like baseball. <laughs> and so then he got him. He's like, okay, let's, let's play this out. Okay, Dad, wh- when you were 16, what did you think about baseball? 17, baseball. 18, baseball. 19, mommy. <laughs> it, it changed changed right there for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> One was, yes, God sent me a beautiful lady into my life that kind of got my focus off of, quite honestly, a, a selfish dream. Like, baseball was something that I wanted for myself. I wanted to be a major league player. I wanted to have the baseball glory and, you know, you know, I would, I would think about this. Oh, I would, after I hit the home run, I'd go up and God is so good. <laughs> he let me do this, but you know, really all the attention's on me, but God is good. He's gracious. He's loving. And, uh, yeah, he sent me a, a beautiful woman who became my wife is now my son's mom. And, um, now God has given me new dreams, new visions, that are way beyond me and not about me. And I want to take you through a story here in Genesis about somebody else that um, God gave a dream to that was way beyond him and uh, not about him necessarily. So in Genesis 15, starting in verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abram. Actually, he's, he's Abram at this, this point. God hasn't changed his name to Abraham. Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Basically, a servant is going to be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. I think that's funny right there. Look look up there and count those, those stars up there if you can count them. Well, Obviously not. God's pointing something out. Obviously, you can't count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. So Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. God gave Abram a vision of something he had in store for him. And Abram believed him. And this is like when Abram is, I believe he's around 86 years old. And his wife at this point would be like 70 years old or something around there. This dream, this vision that God gave Abram didn't actually come to pass for another 14 or 15 years. And this is in his old age. <laughs> he's like, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Wait, I'm... And that's not just, okay, you know, back in the Bible times, they were, you know, a little healthier, 
more vibrant. No, this they're beyond. If you continue to read this story, it says that his wife Sarah was beyond the age of able to have kids. So this was a God thing, and it says that Abram believed the Lord. Remember Ephesians three twenty. Beyond what we beyond what we can ask or think. So God gave Abram a vision, a dream, beyond what he asked. He was asking for just one offspring, one son. And God says, I'm going to give you more than you can count in the sky. Beyond what you can ask or think. That was beyond what Abram was even to understand. And in that Ephesians 3.20, that word think is the, the Greek word um, noeo. It's spelled N-O-E-O, noeo. And it means to understand, see, or reflect on. And actually, its root is in the Greek word of nous, which is mind. So when it says see, it's not seeing with your, your natural sight. It's seeing with your mind. If you've ever heard the term, see with your mind's eye. So beyond what you can ask or beyond what you can imagine, beyond what you can see with your mind, that's what God can do. That's the vision that God gives. I could easily (laughs) see myself standing up at the plate, hitting a home run, winning the game. Because <laughs> that's what I like to do. I like to play baseball. And so that just made sense to me. I could understand that. Never in a million years would I think I'd be standing right here. <laughs> and yet I am doing what I'm doing right now. I didn't like talking to people. If you ask my parents... I didn't talk very much at all. I'd come home from practice. So how was practice? It was good. So what'd you do? Stuff. What kind of stuff? Fielded ground balls. Okay. Did you do anything else? No, we hit. Do you want to say anything else? Nope. (laughs) But God had a greater vision beyond what I could think or beyond what I could imagine. I couldn't see it, and it was beyond what Abraham could think or imagine and beyond what he asked. And that's just, that, that just kind of blows my mind. I mean, think, think about it for a second. You daydreamers, you dreamers in here. Think about what this verse is saying. Beyond what you can ask or imagine or ask or think or see in your mind, I've thought some pretty crazy things. I've, I've thought some pretty amazing things. And um, in 3.20, Ephesians 3.20, it doesn't say he can kind of you know, do more than what you think or imagine. Far more abundantly. 
than what we can ask or think. That blows my mind. <laughs> I can come up with some pretty crazy stuff. I don't know about you. And to think that God can do far more abundantly, but at the same time, it makes sense because he's the infinite God. And why wouldn't I believe that he can do that? So even though it didn't make sense to Abraham, naturally in his mind, it isn't even what he asked. It says he believed God, and God counted to him as righteousness. You know what faith is? Pretty simply, it's believing God. Not believing in God, but believing God, because Satan believes in God. But believing God, believing what he says, believing what he promises, believing what he's done. And Hebrews 11.6 actually says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. So you need to believe. You need to have faith. You need to believe what he says. You need to believe what he promises, even if it doesn't make sense to you. Abraham did that. And the dream that God gave, that vision that God gave Abraham was beyond him, beyond his Ability was past his lifetime. His wife was past, uh, or past his ability, past her time to give children. And it was a dream that went beyond his lifetime. He wouldn't fully realize it on his time on earth. But Abraham's descendants would become the nation of Israel. I want to read through if I can, read through another um, vision, another dream of somebody's that went beyond their ability and beyond their lifetime. And um, this is uh, an excerpt of Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech. And just to preface it, the first part of his speech, he is laying out the current situation that him and his uh, African-American brethren are facing and how bad it is and how ugly it is and how wrong it is. And then he goes into this, this piece here. And it says, So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression 
will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right down in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls. As sisters and brothers, I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Wow. The vision that he had, and I believe it was a God-given vision, because that, that last piece there is actually referencing Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 4. That the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. But the vision that he had went beyond his ability. He didn't have the capability of making all that social injustice go away. It was beyond him. And he also saw beyond his lifetime because when he says it, what's he say? He says, I have a dream that one day my four little children will one day live in a nation where they're not judged. Not, man, I hope that someday before I die, you know, this happens. No, I'm dreaming for my kids and their kids and future generations. He dreamed beyond himself and his ability and his lifetime. Just with the last few minutes that we have, I want to give you some of the uh, dreams that we have here as Harbor City Church, dreams of this house, that go beyond our ability, go beyond this, this house's ability, go beyond, um, at least right now, our capacity and this current leadership's lifetime. We believe, we dream, we have a vision to have an interns program and to be able to sow into young people's lives so that they can become the next generation of leaders and world changers. We also have a dream of there being a thriving Christian school here in Grace Harbor, one where the um, teachers are paid well and not struggling to earn a living, but where they are paid well enough that they don't have to worry about a second job or anything like that. And that is beyond this house. You know, honestly, it's beyond any house here in Grace Harbor. 
There's just not, the funds just don't exist. So we're believing, we believe that that is a God-given vision. And we believe, again, faith is believing God. He gave us the dream. He gave us the vision. So we believe that he's going to bring those funds in for that to come to pass. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2 says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So that is God's desire, that we teach the next generation. He doesn't want it to die with us. What he has taught us, we are supposed to pass on to the next generation. That is his vision. That is his dream. And we say yes to that. Pastor Doug and Pastor Lois and the rest of the leadership of this house, we say yes to that. Yes, God. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't have the means to make it work. But we believe that you have said it and you will do it. Even if we don't realize it in our lifetime, if we could just maybe see the start of it, God. (laughs) We also have a dream and a vision to see uh, safe and affordable um, housing for single moms where uh, if they don't, aren't able to have a full-time job and take care of the kids all at the same time, that they have a place to live that's safe. They don't have to be in a bad neighborhood. James 1.27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. It's the church's responsibility, and yet we've leaned so much on the state, on the government, to provide these types of services when God has asked his people, the church, to do that, to be their support. I love how in the the early church in Acts, it says that everybody gave as much was needed so that nobody lacked. We should be the ones coming around those who need the aid and helping them. And again, this takes more resources than we have to come to pass. And so we're praying and we're believing that This God-given vision is going to come to pass because God is good and he wants it. And we say yes. Yes, God. And then lastly, this isn't lastly, this is just a couple of the, the dreams and visions that we believe God has given. But we have a vision, a dream to see the Church of Grace Harbor completely united. And I loved, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess it was at the end of September, when we went downtown Aberdeen and we prayed for our city. And there was multiple churches represented there. And it was amazing to see we all coming together under one accord and one mind, praying for the healing and the freedom of our city. And I want to see that. Uh, all across Grace Harbor, where every church is completely united. I don't even know what that looks like. God does, and that's what he desires. I know that's what he desires because he said it. 
John 17, 20 through 23. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through the word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. That is beyond my comprehension. For us to be one as the Father and Son are one. To be in complete unity with each other, to where we're helping each other, not talking bad about each other, not pointing at each other's differences, but pointing at each other's strengths, helping each other in weaknesses, encouraging one, of, one another, building each other up. Why did Jesus say this? He says it right here in the end of this verse. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. I want us to be one. I want this church to be one with the church across town, the church in Elma, the church in Hokum and Ocean Shores, Westport, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them as you love me, so that the world knows Jesus. And I don't know how to bring this about. I don't even know if this is going to happen in my lifetime. But again, I pray and believe that I start to see the beginnings of it. And I think I have with what happened um, with that prayer meeting in downtown Aberdeen. So grateful for that. And I believe, God, that he is going to do it. If I could have the, the worship team come up now. So my main point, I guess, is this. I would say most of us are kind of daydreamers to some extent here. And I've had visions, had dreams. But we should be dreaming bigger. We should be dreaming beyond ourselves. You should dream beyond your ability. Dream beyond possibility dream beyond your lifetime. A God-given dream, and we should all be praying for these, God visions. A God-given dream does not end when you die. <laughs> it should go beyond. The dream that God gave Abraham went way beyond his lifetime, way beyond his imagination. The vision that Martin Luther King Jr. had was beyond his capacity, beyond his lifetime. He dreamed 
and to the generations. A God-given dream does not end with you when you die. We need to start dreaming bigger. We need to ask God for his vision for our life, for our lives, for the church. And many times God gives us a vision that partners us with somebody else. Because if the dream is about you and what you become, that's not a God dream. If it's about him and his glory and his goodness, and it's out of your realm of possibility, that's where faith begins. Let's do this together. Let's believe God. Let's have faith. Let's believe God that he will do what he says he's going to do. I, I dare you to pray, God, give me a vision. Give me a dream that's beyond myself. You'll be amazed by what he gives you. And sometimes it might be scary. Sometimes you might say no. I said no many times to being up here on the stage. But I'm so grateful for what he gave me. It's amazing. Let's stand. As we close here today, I just want to pray for us. Pray for those who maybe you don't know God yet. And God-given dreams, they start with surrender. Start with surrender to God himself and his lordship and letting him rule and reign in your life and you putting his will above your will. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you haven't made that decision, or maybe at one point you did, but you need to rededicate your life, you need to re-surrender your life to him. Because that's when he will give you a dream and a vision that's beyond you. If that's you this morning and you need to make that decision, could you just lift your hand so I know who a I'm praying with this morning. Is there anybody here you need to give your life to Christ? You just surrender your will to His. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So when we surrender, God gives dreams. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Amen. And for anybody online, if I'm speaking you today, to you today, this is your time to surrender. We're going to pray this prayer together. These are not magic words, but if you believe in your heart what you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. You will surrender, and God will do good work in you. So let's pray this together. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die in my place. 
Jesus, thank you for choosing the cross and saving me from my sins. Forgive me for my sins and all my wrongs. I surrender to you. I commit my life to you. And I ask you to give me dreams beyond me. From this day forward, I promise to serve you and submit to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on. It's the best decision that you can make. Just as we close, let's worship for a little bit. Let's just thank God that he is the one who gives dreams. He is the dream maker, the vision giver. And we surrender and submit and say yes to him.